Welcome to Central Coast Voices, a program addressing the ramifications of change in our communities and beyond, and how today's choices will impact tomorrow's community. This program is a project of Action for Healthy Communities and provided in collaboration with KCBX and the Community Foundation of San Luis Obispo County. Today's host is Lada Murdy. You're invited to listen, learn, participate in our conversation today, Thursday, and we uh, will be on the air between 1 and 2. So call in and be part of the discussion at 805-549-8855, or you can email your questions to voices at kcbx.org. Now let's join Lada and her guests. Over to you, Lada. Thank you, Brad. All of us belong to a food system, whether we recognize it or not. But not all of us are able to access not just the food we need, but also the food we want when we want it. Here today to talk to us about food access, as well as our local food system in San Luis Obispo County, are three members of Slow County Food System Coalition. Shannon Klisch, co-chair of the Slow Food System Coalition and academic coordinator with University of California Cooperative Extension in SLO and Santa Barbara counties, Jeff Wade, co-chair of San Luis Obispo Food System Coalition and executive director of SLO Money SLO, and Brent Burchett, executive director of San Luis Obispo County Farm Bureau and a committee member, steering committee member of the SLO Food System Coalition. Welcome, Shannon, Jeff, and Brent. Thank you for being here today. Thanks, Fata. Good to be here. So, Jeff, I'm going to start with you, but anybody can jump in at any time in, in answering this. Um, Jeff, what is a food system? Well, it may be different things to different people depending on their position perspective, but essentially it's all things related to food from the source who's growing it, raising it, fishing for it, producing it um, through the distribution models, uh, through the retailers, uh, you know, the consumers, uh, even all the way to the point of what we do with waste. But it's also the workers. It's the farm workers. It's the owners of the local food businesses. It's the, the supporting elements of those food businesses and then think about things like the food bank so a lot of our local produce goes through the food bank or to schools and uh, so the food system is quite large and quite pervasive in everyone's lives thank you jeff brent or shannon would you like to add to that i think that was pretty good jeff um (laughs) I think that's the bottom line is that uh, it, it touches all of our lives and um, and maybe ways that we don't think about that often. And I think well, part of the reason we have the Food System Coalition is because equitable, profitable, resilient, and health-promoting food systems don't just happen. Um, they need intention and people working to um, push those things forward. I'll I'll add that we have a very amazing food industry here and I'm not from California and I think we take for granted how fortunate we are that we have nearly year round production of healthy fruits and vegetables that we have a blend of uh, large global companies that have a footprint here in San Luis County, 
but also have local farmers market. Our downtown farmers market was the California farmers market of the year. It's, you know, part of our view shed is seeing these agricultural fields, having ranches. And I think that's, it ties into tourism. It's intrinsic to what makes Slow County special, why people want to be here. So food is, obviously we have farmers and ranchers at Farm Bureau that we represent, but uh, it touches all aspects of the economy. And uh, we all are impacted by agriculture three times a day. If you eat or wear clothes, agriculture and the food system matters to you. Very good. Thanks. So Shannon, earlier, you you listed off several aspects um, or ideals of a food system, equitable, uh, profit sharing, was it? Uh, equitable, profitable, resilient, and health promoting. Yep. Equitable, profitable, resilient, and health promoting. So could you talk some more about that in relation to uh, Slow County's food system? Yeah, that's a good question, Lotta. Um, I think, I, I mean, I'm listing those off because those are pillars of our mission statement at the Food System Coalition. And by that, I mean, those are the four different areas that were identified by our leadership and by our members and partners as, um, you know, things we want to work towards to make sure our food system is equitable, meaning that, uh, folks who are working in the food system, folks who are business owners in the food system, folks who are eating in the you know food system, that we all have access to the foods, like you mentioned, Lata, not, not just any food, but food that's health-promoting, food that's culturally applicable, um, uh, and food that we can afford, too. So that's the equitable piece. Profitable is, as Brent mentioned, you know, agriculture is such a huge part of our slow county economy, our community, our culture. And so ensuring that um, new farmers, new generational farmers can continue to pursue farming and food production as a livelihood. Um, it's another one of our pill pillars. Um, resilient kind of feeds into all those things, but making sure that we have a food system and we just kind of went through all this. We're still kind of going through all this when we saw with the COVID-19 pandemic, who were our essential workers? You know, we still needed to eat. And um, those workers that were producing food, that were serving food, making food, um, you know, taking food waste away in some cases, those were our essential workers. And so ensuring that they have the conditions where they can be healthy um, and can do their work with dignity, respect, and a living wage um, as part of a resilient food system. And then health promoting, of course, is really important to me uh, in my work, just ensuring that folks have ac abundant access to fruits and vegetables um, to ensure that they can um, be healthy and go to work every day or go to school every day fed. And Jeff can talk about farm to school a lot more, but we know school breakfast and school lunch and um, the changes that have happened in that arena over the last several years has really made a difference in kids' ability to pay attention in school. So um, so that's why I bring up those four. So why is a countywide food system coalition um, necessary to to address those those needs and those issues? Um, what, what is a food system coalition, Jeff? Well, we provide a little bit of the uh, glue or the interconnectedness between many different organizations that are 
uh, operating in the food system or working to strengthen it or support it. And uh, we do things like uh, today where we're informing the public on things that will come up later in the call, uh, the show, and uh, to help them understand how they can be a part of it or maybe uh, become more equitably serviced by the food system. And we do this with public meetings. Our next one is November. We'll talk about that later. And the, uh, the other aspect that we do is we're actually part of the California Food Policy Councils. And so when you think about food policy at the state level, uh, these types of organizations are all over the state. And so we interact with them because the food systems definitely cross county and state boundaries for sure. So how many organizations are part of, of Slow County's Food System Coalition, or what are some of the organizations? We have, I know we have Slow, uh, Slow Money. Yep. Slow and the County Farm Bureau and... Cooperative Extension. Cooperative Extension. We also have the Food Bank. We also have County Public Health. Um, we also have One Cool Earth as a partner. Um, help me out, Jeff. Who else do we have in our partnership? Uh, the promontories are involved. Um, there are other supporting organizations that are involved with the food system or the food bank that do attend meetings. Uh, it's a, quite a variety. There's a listing on the website, slowfoodsystem.org. So when did the coalition begin? It's been many years ago. It was probably in the 2015 timeframe. Um, it originated with a CFP grant, a community food project grant that the food bank received. And uh, actually, Shannon, we just celebrated 10 years. <laughs> it's 2012. Wow. Okay. Uh, anyway, uh, there were the CFP grant and the food bank uh, envisioned this kind of a coalition as important and valuable to the county. And they uh, applied again at the end of that grant, got another CFP grant. And each one of those provided some support for the coalition to get going and start doing the work we do. Great. And so could you talk each talk a little bit about your organizations and what that organization's role is in the coalition or why you decided to join, Brent? How about Slow County Farm Bureau? We are a small nonprofit. We're a membership organization. So the Farm Bureau just celebrated its 100th anniversary. We've been in San Luis County for 100 years and our, our mission's still largely the same. We uh, take our policy directions from our farmers and ranchers and ag companies here in the county. Uh, what we bring to the Food System Coalition, I think, is a day-to-day a -day interaction with farmers and ranchers and knowing about policies that help or harm them or make it more difficult for their jobs to be done. And I know I learn a tremendous a lot just from hearing what the other organizations are. When you're a nonprofit, you, you don't have a whole lot of time to network and spend time learning about other people's issues, but the coalition is, fills a huge gap. I learn about what's happening in other organizations that I never would have heard of. And there's often ways that we have uh, a shared mission or something that we can partner on uh, just getting resources. We saw that with 
with COVID, with the farm worker outreach. We partner with the Slow County Public Health, the promotories and others, and just knowing each other, having a face to go with an organization name builds a community. And I, when I know I have an issue with uh, a farm to school or a lending issue, I go, I go to Jeff. I know the food bank, they're just right down the road from us. Uh, many of our farmers have been donating to the food bank for their entire lives. It's a big community partnership. The Food System Coalition gets me outside of my day-to-day bubble of, of lobbying you know, local government officials and uh, trying to see the bigger picture, learning about uh, hunger. That's something I don't deal with daily in my job, but obviously farmers play a big part in that. So the Food System Coalition is just a great way to network, and we may not all, may not all agree on every issue, and, that, and that's okay. That's important to know uh, our different perspectives, and I think that makes our county stronger. Great. Jeff, do you have anything to add? How about for Slow Money Slow? Can you talk a little bit about the organization and why it's part of the coalition? Uh, yes, of course. Sure. Thank you. Uh, Dr. We, the Slow Money organization started about 10 years ago also, and uh, Slow Money, S-L-O-W Money, is really a companion uh, movement to the slow food movement, meaning you want to eat local, but to eat local a lot of times local food, farm, and beverage businesses struggle to uh, survive and grow. Uh, they often need funding support before they can be eligible for traditional lending. And so we facilitate loans that are made directly from individuals in the community to these small food businesses uh, who need that to contribute to our food system, uh, to make it more diversified, uh, and to produce local, which inherently has more nutrition, uh, whether it's grown, caught, raised, farmed, fished, or uh, produced. And so the uh, Soul Money group here, we've been doing this lending uh, to, well, over 30 entities over the last 10 years uh, and uh, close to 2 million in loans in total. But I don't handle the money. It's just facilitation. I help support the entity getting it. The other program we have is a farm to school program, which has really grown quite a bit in the last couple of years. Um, uh, Claire, who does farm to school uh, coordination for us, just recently did some numbers. And it turns out in the year of 2020, there was 7,000 pounds of local crops being served to schools, which actually is pretty cool. But here we are now about two years later and about 7,000 pounds were distributed and served in schools each of the last six months. So we're talking about, you know, five-fold increase here uh, over a given period of time. So, the, and, and by having more of that local food in the food uh, service programs at schools across the county, six districts so far to date, um, it's more nutritious. The kids are learning about local food, the value of it, um, and going home and telling their families about it, dragging them to farmer's markets. Um, we do farmer uh, visits. Um, there are tasting uh, sessions where the food service directors will put a menu item together and get together with people and students, see what they like. Um, so these are some of the programs we do. I've been involved with the coalition for a number of years, but more seriously just in the last couple of years, uh, because the, the funding that we had, even though our budget is very, very small, uh, was running out, and we needed to become fiscally sponsored and become our own uh, essentially nonprofit 
that could take donations and apply for grants. And I've been involved with that part of the coalition more seriously here for the last year, year and a half. Great. I, I love hearing about the progress that's that's been made. I'm Lana Murti with you for Central Coast Voices on KCBX, your Central Coast listener-supported radio station. The voices with mine today are Brent Burchett, Executive Director of San Luis Obispo County Farm Bureau, and a steering committee member of the Slow Food System Coalition, Jeff Wade, co-chair of San Luis Obispo Food System Coalition and executive director of Slow Money Slow, and Shannon Klish, co-chair of the Slow, <clears throat> excuse me, Slow Food System Coalition and academic coordinator with UC Cooperative Extension in San Luis Obispo and Santa Barbara counties. And we are talking about San Luis Obispo County's food system and how and why the county started a food system coalition. We invite and welcome you to bring your questions or comments about today's topic to our guests. To do that, call 805-549-8855, or you can email them to voices at kcbx.org. So Shannon, you see Cooperative Extension. Um, you're the academic coordinator there. Uh, I... Uh, until you said something earlier, I would have had no idea that that was also related to food system coalition work. So what's the connection there? Great. Thanks, Lata. So, yeah, I work for University of California. Um, it's confusing to a lot of people because there's no UC campus in San Luis Obispo. So um, but our office is, in fact, in San Luis Obispo or in, in San, San Luis City. Um, cooperative extension, it, it's cooperative because it's um, an agreement between the UC system and local counties. So you'll see cooperative extensions throughout California and throughout the nation, actually. They're called extension programs. The idea is that we're keeping resources from the university, knowledge, and information in local communities. So we serve as an extension of knowledge and research. Um, so in my department, we have folks who are doing research on different agricultural issues. Um, we have the 4-H program, we have the Master Food Preserver program, Master Gardener program. Um, and, the, and those last few are volunteer run programs or led programs to really bring resources from the university to local communities and vice versa so that communities can also inform the work and research of the university. So my area is youth families and communities. Um, my background's really in community health and um, uh, one of my programs that I oversee is the CalFresh Healthy Living UCCE program. We do nutrition education with um, low-income communities in Slow and Santa Barbara County. We have a really dynamic and amazing team doing a lot of work to help educate young folks and families about um, healthy eating. And part of that is really food access. And so that's where my interest and connection with the Food System Coalition came in. Um, I actually joined the Food System Coalition first through the work groups. Um, one thing folks should be aware of is we do have some vibrant and really active work groups through the Food System Coalition. Two that I'm most involved in, one is the CalFresh Alliance, um, which we'll talk about probably a little bit later. And the other one is the EBT at Farmers Markets work group, which I'm the chair of, um, or the CalFresh at Farmers Markets. Um, so that's where my interest first started um, back when uh, farmers locally first started accepting CalFresh or EBT. It's also known nationally as SNAP. 
Supplement and Mental Nutrition Assistance Program, and then folks know it sort of colloquially as the Food Stamp Program. Um, so it's confusing. It's got like 500 different names, but um, it's called Fresh here in California. And the idea is that um, folks can qualify for CalFresh based on their income and family size. Um, and they can use the CalFresh card. It's an EBT card, electronic benefit transfer card, um, at most um, food stores. And now in San Luis Obispo County, most farmers markets, um, there's nine farmers markets in the county that accept CalFresh. And um, so I got involved with that work group, really trying to promote the program. It was heavily underutilized. You know, only a handful of folks were were knowing that they could use their CalFresh card at the farmer's market. Um, and now that program has grown to um, to nine nine farmer's markets and over $600,000 in income to local farmers over the past five years or so. So um, it's a good program to know about. Um, and that's really where I got involved with the Food System Coalition. As both Jeff and Brent mentioned, um, it's a great place to network, to meet new people, um, that are working in food systems that have similar interests, even if you don't all agree, that's okay. Um, and that's better. I think it's good to have a diversity of folks representing, you know, the diversity of people in our food system. So everyone. Um, and so the, the, the real goal is to let people know from, for me, it's to let people know about these programs that we have available in the County and to work together to ensure that um, clientele knows about them, that farmers know about them. Um, so we can all get all benefit. So with all of this amazing work and progress that your organizations have made both separately and then together, um, why, why is food access still an issue um, for San Luis Obispo County and for the coalition? Because it sounds like there are many options and many ways to get food. You want me to take that? You can take that one. Great. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to believe that um, food insecurity and food access is still an issue in our county and this, you know, wonderfully abundant agricultural county. Um, but we still have about 9% of our community members with food insecurity and food insecurity is just defined as lack of access um, to enough food for an active and healthy life. Um, it doesn't have to be, you know, every day, but just intermittently, maybe lack of access. Um, so that's about 9.1% in our county. It's higher for children. That's about 11.4%. And then it's highest for folks in our that are identified as Hispanic or Latino at 14%. So, you know, one out of 10. That's still a lot of people in our county. Um, some issues with food access uh, are associated with, you know, income. It could be associated with the cost of housing. And I'm sure that resonates with a lot of listeners out there. Could be um, unemployment um, and and that sort of thing, typically. Um, another thing that's important to talk about when we talk about food access is um, the program I mentioned earlier, the CalFresh Food Program. Um, that's a benefit that folks can sign up and qualify for. It's also a benefit that's heavily underutilized in our county, and that's something that the CalFresh Alliance, one of our work groups, is really focused on. Back in 2020, we were um, almost dead last, 57 out of 58 counties in California in terms of program reach for CalFresh, meaning that the estimated number of people that were 
eligible for CalFresh actually participating on CalFresh. So that's a pretty startling statistic. And um, we've made progress over the past two years. Um, the CalFresh Alliance has been a around for a while now. Um, but I think a big issue is just folks don't think they might they qualify. Folks might think they're taking benefits away from someone else. Um, it can be difficult to apply um, if you don't have a phone or an address. Um, but I think that my biggest message, or maybe people don't think they're going to qualify. My So my biggest message is that go and see if they qualify. They can go into a Department of Social Services office for an application. They can call and they can go to getcalfresh.org to apply. Great. Thank you, Shannon. And so do those who are food insecure in Slow County also include our farmers and ranchers um, and others who are who are selling or, or serving local food? Um, Brent? Absolutely, they do. It's it's farm workers are, are making above minimum wage, but even when you're at you know twenty twenty five dollars an hour, uh, that's that's not a living wage in San Luis Obispo County. Most of our farm workers reside in King City or Santa Maria, so they're incurring that daily commute. So even uh, it, it always amazes me that a lot of, especially our H two A workers, which are a federal guest worker visa program, they're able to uh, work here in San Luis County oftentimes send money back to their families that may be back home and still survive here. And it's, it's amazing to think of the hard work they put in, but it's, it's awful to think that you can't afford the food that you're growing. What we often see is uh, after a hard day, it's, it's difficult to go home and worry about cooking a meal for your family. That convenience food is often very appealing, but it's never something that we're going to check a box and say, we've addressed food insecurity in, in the agriculture community for farmers specifically. Uh, they may be making less than minimum wage. It, when you're a farmer, you take your you know 80 or 90 hour work week. Uh, you really don't want to do the math and see what you're making as hourly wage. It can be pretty frustrating, and that's um, that's for farmers of all scale. I, I know my family in Kentucky. Some years we might have a, a negative income. It, it's it's so difficult to survive in our regulatory environment here, and we're proud of our environmental standards in California, but. Oftentimes, the cost of that is is borne by smaller farmers, especially my growers that may be multiple families farming cooperatively under a corporation might be a lot easier for them to um, adapt or, or comply with all these regulations. So that's something we focus on at Farm Bureau. Um, we always want to find ways we can support our farm workers, because if they can't afford to work for us, then we're out of a job. None of these um, specialty crops that we grow for here, our wine grapes, our strawberries, entirely dependent on farm workers. During COVID, um, I think there was a perception that maybe employers aren't don't care about their workers, and certainly there are cases where that's that's happening, where we see that we're, we want those bad actors removed. But I was amazed at the links and the creativity that employers went to, whether it was um, turning our folks out for uh, Farm Worker Friday, which was our mass farm worker vaccination effort during the, I guess, the height of COVID, um, just to see their willingness to... Um, adapt to the new regulations that we'd never had before in terms of, you know, state Cal OSHA requirements, but also making sure, Hey, are you guys okay? Do you have what you need? Are your kids okay? Now with maybe somebody could not have a, a kid going to school because everybody's sick, having one person that can't you know work a week is a big deal to a lot of our farm workers. And I think the employers are more attuned to their welfare uh, than maybe the media or general public knows. I certainly didn't know all of that. So thank you, Brent. 
We're going to take a short break to hear from our studio and a little bit of music. Over to you, Brad. We'll return to Central Coast Voices in just a moment. I'm Brad Kyle with this item from the community calendar. Uh, The Grover Beach Community Library invites you to its Meet the Author Poetry Night. It's happening on Tuesday, October 18th from 630 to 8. The poets include Kevin Patrick Sullivan, Patty Sullivan, and Bonnie Young. Collectively, they are authors of uh, chapbooks, teachers, poet laureates, and more. Social time is from 6.30 to 7, followed by an author reading and Q&A from 7 to 8. For more information, visit GroverBeachCommunityLibrary.org. And a reminder that the KCBX Community Calendar features arts, entertainment, and nonprofit events in San Luis Obispo, Santa Barbara, and southern Monterey counties. You can submit your item or event to be shared. You'll find it on our calendar page at the website, kcbx.org. I'm Maria Hinojosa. Next time on Latino USA, the decades-long grassroots movement that has transformed the politics in Arizona. We look at the movement's new fight, protecting voting rights ahead of the midterms. We can't let up because we still have a long way to go. And even if you win a big prize, folks are like, what's next? What else can you do? That's next time on Latino USA. On the next Fresh Air, we listen to our interview with science writer Ed Young about the hidden world around us, the sights, smells, tastes, sounds, vibrations, and magnetic fields that are imperceptible to humans but are perceived by various animals, birds, fish, and insects. His book is An Immense World. Join us. Hurricane Ian came... And it left havoc behind. My entire back roof is gone. My lanai is gone. There's holes in my ceiling where water came in. My windows in the back are all gone. I'm Kai Rizdal, rebuilding after disaster next time on Marketplace. That's ahead on our Thursday here on KCBX. It's Latino USA coming up next at 2 o'clock, followed by Fresh Air at 3, and then Marketplace with a wrap-up of the day's business news. Right now, let's return to Lada Murdy and her guests on Central Coast Voices. Back to you, Lotta. Thank you, Brad. Welcome back. And I am on with Jeff Wade, co-chair of Slow Food System Coalition and executive director of Slow Money Slow. Shannon Klish, co-chair of the Slow Food System Coalition and also academic coordinator with University of California Cooperative Extension in Slow and Santa Barbara counties. Also with me today is Brent Burchett, Executive Director of San Luis Obispo County Farm Bureau and a steering committee member of the Slow Food System Coalition. And we are talking about Slow FSC or San Luis Obispo Food System Coalition and the many organizations and people who are a part of it or can be a part of it, including you. I'd like to remind our listeners that if you have a question for today's guests or a comment for our discussion, We would love to hear from you. Call 805-549-8855, or you can email questions and comments to voices at kcbx.org, and we will get them on the air. So before the break, we were talking about how the very people that each of your organizations um, works with, and these are people who are helping to Uh, produce and make and sell and serve our food can also uh, suffer from food insecurity themselves. Uh, Brett, you talked about our farm workers and our ranchers. 
um, being being some of those local folks. Jeff, how about the people that Slow Money Slow works with? Have you seen food insecurity among them? Or slow, you, money, slow Money Slow, sorry. Yeah, that's okay. Uh, I think uh, the most uh, obvious example of that would be the uh, students in schools who um, have in the past uh, qualified for uh, free and reduced lunch uh, costs, uh, which thankfully, uh, I guess, as a result of COVID, uh, that requirement has been lifted and basically everyone has access to uh, that those food programs now, which is great because like CalFresh, in a way, uh, there was often a uh, stigma with applying for it and getting that and or whether they qualified. And so by the state lifting that requirement and allowing that full service food, uh, that really uh, helped a lot because some of these kids, their best meal is what they're having at school. Uh, and so the idea of uh, giving them a high quality meal, if that's going to be the best meal, is very important. So, uh, food insecure can be, as Brent mentioned, not just access to food, but access to quality food. And so, by getting more local produce into the uh, the salad bars, uh, and generally more local food across the board, whether it's grown or actually produced, and so the just to comment on that briefly the you know our our first district that started doing farm to school in San Luis Coastal and uh Erin uh, Primer is the food service director there and she was really uh an instigator of this uh, half a dozen years ago and wanted to do more of it and and we connected up and said look we can help make connections to farms we know you're busy you don't have time to go out and find uh, the appropriate type of farm that has the right products at the right time for the right price. Um, but I will say she's done an incredible job and been a great role model for other districts in terms of making it a serious part of the school budgets and paying the rate that farmers need so that they can feed their families. And so the uh, we continue to strive to get more farmers on board, make those connections. We provide the glue that says, okay, here's what this farmer has. Here's the availability, informing all the food system coordinators about those. And then they will then have the commerce between them and the delivery to the schools. But so that that's probably my most direct connection to that food insecurity. So for those of us, any of us in in Slow County who are not actually working in food production or distribution, maybe we're just food consumers, um, as we all are, how can we support Slow Food System Coalition's work? What can we do? I can take that, Lata. Um so a great place to start if you have access to the internet is to go to slowfoodsystem.org. That's our website. You can also sign up for our mailing list there and get updates. Um, we have quarterly meetings. As Jeff mentioned, our next one's November 15th, 9 to 1030. 
Um, and you can sign up on our website to get notified about that. Um, it'll be virtual, trying to make it more accessible to folks that live in different areas of our very large county to participate and, um, and network and meet new people who are involved in the food system. Um, so that's a great sort of entry level way to get involved. The other ways to get involved is to join one of our work groups. Um, we have three active work groups. I mentioned two of them already. One is the CalFresh Alliance. So if, especially if you work with low income folks um, or in different sort of client serving organizations and you wanna learn more about how you can um, help people get access to food and food resources in the CalFresh program, that can be a great work group to join. That one is um, administered and chaired by the food, or sorry, by the food bank um, and Andrea Keisler, that her contact information is on the website as well. And then um, if farmer's markets are your jam and making sure that everyone has access regardless of their income to farmer's markets, you feel free to join us at our EBT at, Cal or EBT at Farmers Markets work group. I'm the chair of that. And we're always looking for folks with new ideas or folks who have access to clientele who might not know um, about CalFresh or about using CalFresh at Farmers Markets. Um, another thing I wanna plug for that work group is an additional program that makes Farmers Markets even more accessible and affordable and profitable um, is the Market Match program. Uh, all nine of our farmers markets in the county that accept CalFresh also offer market match. That means when you use your CalFresh card at the farmers market, um, you can get a certain amount of that doubled through the market match program. So it can be $10 at some markets, can be $15 at other markets. So if I bring my card to the market manager and I say, you know, I would like $15 or let's say I want $10 um, of my EBT benefits, they'll swipe your card, withdraw $10 from your CalFresh benefits, and they'll give you $20 in tokens to use at the market. Um, and so it's a great benefit for the farmers, for farmers markets, and for families and consumers to get healthy local foods. So that's another work group. And then our last work group is the food policy work group. And that contact information is on our website as well. Jeff, Brent, other ideas for folks to get involved? Just come out to a meeting. And even if you just a community, we have a lot of just community members that um, care about food security. They don't really know maybe what organizations are already doing. Uh, we get a lot of good interaction, just people coming. Even if you can't come to every meeting, doors are always open, no cost to attend. Uh, we often meet here at the Farm Bureau office, but um, we've had some cool activities this past year, outreach to the community. We're always kind of looking for opportunities, ways we can serve the community better, and everybody's voice is welcome. Great. Thanks. So, um, thanks. Go ahead, Jeff, please. Uh, thanks, Shannon and Brent. I would just add that if uh, you have a particular interest in a part of the food system that we haven't uh, focused on yet, uh, we're open to input and uh, not just joining work groups that exist, but perhaps uh, we start a new work group around a particular theme or need uh, in the food system. Great, so for those of our listeners wondering um, whether they qualify for the benefits you're talking about, Shen, for um, Market Match or, or CalFresh, um, how can they find out if they qualify and how can they apply? 
Thanks, Lata. That's a really great question. The best way to find out if you qualify is to tr to go ahead and apply. Um, getcalfresh.org is probably the easiest way if you have access to the internet um, to get your application started. You'll have to um, you know get receive a phone call and a follow up interview after that. Um, so just make sure you have a phone number that you can be reached at and that you answer the phone when they call. I think that's been a big barrier. You know, I just certainly don't answer my phone if I don't recognize the number, but just know that if you did fill out an application online, they will need to call you back. Um, so answer that 805 number when it comes in. Um, the other ways you can go into any of our Department of Social Services offices. Those are throughout the county from Paso um, down to Rio Grande. So you can look on the county website for those places um, and you can also call in. So um, those are three different ways to apply. I think, again, I think getcalfresh.org is the easiest from talking to folks, but people that don't have access to internet can also walk into an office during normal business hours. And the market match program, that is something that's administered by farmers markets and farmers market managers. And um, so if you have CalFresh and the, Cal, the farmer's market you're at accepts CalFresh and has a market match program, you're already el eligible if you have CalFresh, if that makes sense. And I just wanna say also, there's two new farm stands um, in the South County that started accepting CalFresh as well. Tally Farms, um, you can go to their farm to pick up a food box there and also Halcyon Farms that used to be Ruta's Farms also accepts CalFresh and that's brand new. That's great. Good to know. Um, so we were we were just talking before the show, right, um, about how food systems don't respect or follow county lines. That a food system is much larger than um, than a county, and so how um, how is our food system here in Slow County? How's it connected to a larger food system? And are you collaborating with other organizations outside of the county based on that larger food system? Well, uh, this is Jeff. Thank you, Lata. We, we do try to stay informed and connected with the other food coalitions, uh, some are called food policy councils that operate uh, in virtually every county. And we are learning uh, some things that we could do, should do from some of the larger groups. And uh, that's very helpful. And where there are issues crossing boundaries that we might wanna work or collaborate to work on, uh, that uh, may help as well. We haven't yet applied, for example, for grants that cross over boundaries with other councils, but we may do that. Uh, and uh, especially now that we are operating as a nonprofit. So the, the importance of that interaction, especially with nearby counties, so with Santa Barbara, Ventura, Monterey, where we have so much interaction or we have workers supporting uh, farms in both counties, for example, or uh, farms supplying food to our food businesses here. The When you think about you know, the resilience that we need, uh, especially with the pandemic experiences, Shannon has mentioned uh, that interaction across regional boundaries is very important. And so that's one way that, that we try to do it. Um, you know, Brent, thoughts on that? 
I know that we we don't have the the only the new not only unique ideas in Slow County. Anytime we're trying to think that we're reinventing the wheel, we look outside of our county. The same with Farm Bureau. The issues are often overlapping. We obviously are a little bit unique in our makeup of coastal and inland in terms of agriculture production, but uh, always looking for new ideas, not just in California, but um, anytime you're collaborative and bringing in new voices, I think that's important. It's just, it's so difficult often to keep up with everyone's issues, but anytime we hear a success story, um, I know we did that on the farm worker outreach. We no shame in copying and redoing what others are doing. If it's working, let's try it out here. Great. I'm Lada Murti with you for Central Coast Voices on KCBX, Central Coast Public Radio, your listener-supported radio station. If you recently joined us for today's show and want to listen to the entire broadcast, you can. It's available on our website at www.kcbx.org under the On Demand tab. Click on Central Coast Voices and you will find this show and many others to choose from. Today I am talking with Shannon Klish uh, with University of California Cooperative Extension in San Luis Obispo and Santa Barbara counties. She's the academic coordinator there. She's also co-chair of the Slow Food System Coalition. Jeff Wade is another co-chair of the Slow Food System Coalition and executive director of Slow Money Slow. And Brent Burchett is executive director of Slow County Farm Bureau and a steering committee member of the Slow Food System Coalition. Um, So, Jeff, you were talking a little bit about things that coalition might do or apply for in the future. What are some other future plans and projects uh, for the coalition? Uh, Well, thanks for addressing that to me. Actually, uh, I'll throw it back to Shannon in regard to something that's just brand new now, and that's a uh, fellows program that we're involved with, with Cal Poly. And I think that's exciting in terms of what that can bring to the table. And um, one thing we did just do kind of following on the other comments uh, from the last question is that we recently sent our coordinator, our part-time coordinator to the San Diego Food Alliance annual meeting so that she could bring back some thoughts from them. Uh, And I just wanted to throw that out as an example of our kind of cross-county collaboration and and awareness. Um, But Shannon, maybe you want to talk about the fellows program? Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for mentioning the San Diego Alliance too. I think that's a good example of, um, yeah, just another food policy council or food system coalition um, that's doing really inspiring work. They're a lot bigger organization. Um, They have sort of different funding and structure than we do. We're mostly volunteer run with a very part-time staff, but um, it just gives, gave us some good ideas of what we could aspire to um, if we had enough more community involvement um, and more support too. So that's great. And then, you know, yeah, we're really excited about taking on some Cal Poly fellows. It's through the um, California food Corps, college Corps, California college Corps. Sorry. Um, we have two fellows that will be starting with us. They just started this week. They're going to be supporting our work groups and some of the work of the Food System Coalition. Um, And so we're excited to just work with and sort of develop some new food system leaders um, in our local community, too. So that's going on. We just wrapped up a 
really great diversity, equity, and inclusion in our food system training with our um, coalition members and partners, because um, that's one initiative that the Food System Coalition Steering Committee is really um, focusing on over the next several years, is really thinking about how we approach this work through an equity lens. Um, and ensuring that equi equitability piece um, is present in our work with the Food System Coalition. So I would say those um, those are the things that are next, but really the Food System Coalition is, is member run. So um, if there's something that you think is missing from this work and you want to help do that work, we are always open to new work groups, new ideas um, and new initiatives as well. Oh, uh, one, ahead, one, one more thing there, I just remembered, uh, we are hopeful in, in kind of doing the initial efforts to uh, make a translation of our website. Uh, so that'll be a little bit more inclusive and, and hopefully be more informative to a larger part of the community that needs that. Translation into Spanish? That would probably be the first objective, yes. Great. And so if any of our listeners, um, maybe outside of San Luis Obispo County, but on the Central Coast um, or even beyond, would like to start a similar coalition for food justice in their communities, what should they know? I'll take start on that. These other two folks have been doing this a lot longer than I have, but uh, being willing to have diverse voices. I always appreciate that I may have a totally different opinion on a labor issue or a, a crop input issue or something that's going on with land use, but we all gain something by talking and being inclusive and inclusivity includes people that we don't always agree with. And that makes us stronger, not weaker. I think we're obsessed in this society of segmenting off into our differences and we're so much better off and we have far more in common ground than we ever realized. And if we can just step back and often take emotion and our personal feelings out of it and and just share resources and knowledge, we all gain from that. So if you're starting a food system coalition, know that it's going to be a lot of work and a lot of time, but uh, what more important cause is there making sure your neighbors and community are fed and supporting farmers? If we don't have farmers in, uh, in this country and in California and whatever county you're in, uh, that's really detrimental to our future. And food security, we always talk about, is a national security issue. We want to support farmers, keep them in business. We want to make sure that uh, we recognize the the challenges we have, we don't want to uh, whitewash over, uh, uh, you know, farm worker pay or, or pesticide usage. Those things are important. And those climate change discussions are going to be difficult. But the more we can get together and have a positive look at the future, I think that's a, a good effort. Any Anything our listeners should not do or avoid doing if they were going to start or help start a coalition like this one for food, food access and food equity. Well, I would say just first check to see what resources or organizations are already existing out there. There's a lot of ways that people can be involved in those uh, issues and needs um, through groups that are already existing. And we're happy to uh, provide connections uh, or um, support uh, a group being developed under some uh, particular issue. But um, 
you know, joining a group that exists in some way that's it's aligned with anybody's interests is certainly a much quicker way to have an impact. And what impact has this work, um, not just in the Food System Coalition, but just in food, what impact has it had on each of you personally? Shannon? Well, I guess uh, one of the things that I want to throw out is that, you know, I, I think a lot more about supporting local food and whether that's, you know, a farm or a farmer's market or if it's, you know, what restaurant do I go to or where do I shop? Um, you know, looking for those local sources to be incorporated into meals and ingredients um, when you go to your restaurant. Um you know, if it's not a chain restaurant, you know, do they source local? Uh, where do they get it from? Um, and, you know, are they are they serving quality food that um, uses these ingredients and helps our local economy? And there's lots of ways to support these local food purveyors, especially at a restaurant. You know, just going there, obviously, telling your friends and family about them if they are a really good example of high quality food uh, and uh, buying gift cards if they offer them um, because it helps with cash flow. And again, we're talking about smaller food entrepreneurs. And, you know, sometimes people lose those gift cards and that's a bonus. So um, anyway, lots of ways to help local food support our food system diversity. Yeah, that's a good question, Lata. I I've always cared about food access and food security. Um, I grew up on the school meals program. Um, I'm a product of um, the CalFresh program. And um, I think food is really important. I think what this work has shown me is that um, it's helped me to see other perspectives as well, too, who maybe aren't always focused on food access, but are really focused on, you know, food profitability because it's their business and their livelihood. And I think this type of coalition really brings people together who care deeply about food for different reasons. Um, and like Brent said, you know, have different opinions about things, but really open to the mission of just local, a local food system that benefits all of us as a community. And so I think doing this kind of work and community helps you see other people's perspectives. And I think that's how um, it's really benefited me in my work. Ditto Jeff and Shannon's comments. It, it always reminds me that we have a lot of work to do. And this San Luis Obispo County has uh, enough food to feed everyone multiple times over. There's no excuse that we can't do a better job at helping people take advantage of the resources they're qualified for. There's no reason we can't uh, take this abundant agriculture production and translate into quality food for people. There's no reason our school system shouldn't have locally grown food. We, we've got a climate challenge. We know that these problems aren't going away. If we're, you know, thinking that everything can stay the same, we're wrong. We've got to embrace change. We've got to look at other organizations and food system coalition challenges a lot of my viewpoints. And I think that makes me a, a better leader for my organization. It helps me connect my farmers with uh, future challenges and address those earlier. Uh, so great resource by collaborating and working together. Thank you, Brent. Our guests today, whom I want to thank all, I want to thank all three of them, uh, Shannon Klish, co-chair of the Slow Food System Coalition and academic coordinator with University of California Cooperative Extension in Slow and Santa Barbara counties, 
Jeff Wade, co-chair of Slow Food System Coalition and executive director of Slow Money Slow, and Brent Burchett, executive director of San Luis Obispo County Farm Bureau and a steering committee member of Slow Food System Coalition. The three of us, four of us, we've been talking today about San Luis Obispo Food System Coalition and the collaborative work the coalition's member organizations are doing to help ensure everyone in San Luis Obispo has access to fresh, healthy food. Next week on Thursday, October 20th, please join host Fred Monroe as he speaks with guests about more community issues and events impacting California's Central Coast. You are invited to listen, learn, and participate in the conversation between 1 to 2 p.m. Call in and be part of the discussion at 805-549-8855 or email questions to voices at kcbx.org. Central Coast Voices has been sponsored by Action for Healthy Communities and the San Luis Obispo Community Foundation in collaboration with KCBX. I'm Lada Murti. Thank you for joining us today.